0: Yeah. And there's other asset classes as well. Uh, There's asset classes like real estate. Mm. Um, So you can think about adding REITs, real estate investment trusts Mm. into that portfolio as well, into that mix. Um, Those can sometimes also be seen as equities because they have similar characteristics. Mm. Uh, The difference is, yes, you are buying a company, but that company operates a whole wide range of diversified real estate.
1: Hello and welcome to the Woke Finance Podcast, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy
0: Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you? I'm very well, Peter. Um, At the point of recording this podcast, I'm in the process of changing my wardrobe and bringing all the hoodies and all the winter clothes to be the front of the wardrobe as we go into the much colder seasons uh, for the rest of the year and on to next year as well.
1: That time, man. It's that time, man. Getting dark by seven. Soon it'll be getting dark by five o'clock, man. So <laughs> it's back to that time. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Um, but no, a massive shout out to you, my bro, and um, a shout out to all of our listeners around the world. We see you and we appreciate you. Um, Today, Jax, uh, we're going to touch on one of our favorite topics, which is, of course, around investing. Um, but before we do that, Jax, I guess we have touched on things like uh, multi-asset funds um, as well. But do you want to talk a bit more about or maybe recap on what we actually mean when we talk about um, multi-assets, essentially?
0: Yeah. So um, in our pre- previous episode, we've talked about, you know, investing in multi-asset funds. What that is, is buying a mutual fund or an index fund, where in that fund there is... Uh, a a multitude of different asset classes in that one fund okay so it is one purchase but in that one purchase you will have access to uh different asset classes and um, which would predominantly be equities uh bonds um sometimes property and alternative assets like commodities as well but it's buying that one fund and having access to all these different asset classes within the fund and um, they normally come in three different ways uh often they come with um a terminology that gives you an idea of uh the type of risk of that multi-asset fund it could be uh, sometimes it will say something like defensive or cautious which means it's a very low risk uh fund uh which means it'll probably be more in bonds than in equities for example because bonds are more uh or, or less risky than the equities and then it can also say balanced. Again, balanced just means it may follow, let's say like a 60-40 split. It might have more inequities and, and, and some in, in bonds as well. For example, that's a balanced approach. Um, and then sometimes it could be a bit more adventurous. Uh, so that would be a much more in equities and less in bonds, et cetera. So those are the, the um, multi-asset funds. That's what they are. But on this episode, what we're talking about is you yourself building a multi-asset portfolio. So what you're doing is you are positioning yourself as the fund manager and you are building a portfolio, a multi-asset portfolio. But its purpose of this portfolio is for it to produce some passive income or what I prefer to say portfolio income for you so yeah you're essentially becoming the fund manager and building a portfolio for yourself
1: love it love it love it and essentially it's about us thinking how can we expose ourselves to all of these different assets um and produce income from it as well um which is yeah quite exciting and yeah that is a a big thing to think about I mean there's so much you know um Purchases we can make of different types of assets, and it's yeah. endless, right? So, how does one go about actually building that ideal multi asset passive income portfolio?
0: Oh, very good question. So you know, like every investment or, or portfolio that you're going to br- to build, uh, we talk about the first three categories, right? So we say, you know, what what is your objective? So we know here that our objective is to build a, you know, a, an income portfolio from a range of different assets, right? Different asset classes. Um, then you have to define what your time frame is, and I think that's really important. Um, most of the time, income portfolios um, are shorter time frame than. Uh, Than growth type portfolios. Uh, Because if you've got 30 years to invest, the chances are you're probably building or trying to build like a nest egg. You're trying to build and grow the portfolio. You're much more uh, concerned with capital appreciation. You don't actually need the income today. So you're trying to just build the appreciation. Um, but if a time frame is more medium term, and when we say medium term, we're still talking about ten years, right? Hmm. And also, those people have medium term, they're probably thinking next week. <laughs> but in medium term, uh, when it comes to uh, wise investments, is 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 ten years or anything between, let's say, a or fifteen years, right? Then an income portfolio is something that you can definitely try and achieve. As I say, you know, working with a whole bunch of different clients, I have come across. Uh, you know, clients who have this objective where they actually want to, you know, derive an income for their portfolio. They're much more concerned about the passive income that comes from the portfolio, more so than the capital appreciation.
1: Mm. So
0: we have the objective, you have the time frame, And of course, you have to ask yourself um, how much risk you're willing to take. Again, when you are focusing on an income-based portfolio, you probably want to take less risk than someone who's investing in a growth-type portfolio. So hmm. I just have to understand that and define that. That's the starting point, Peter. Mm-hmm.
1: Lo- love that, love that. And for um, you continue just to remind it to our listeners, this is about for those who have an objective to build income um, from this particular portfolio, um, and we're not focusing heavily on growth. You may want to focus on that and other bit um parts of your portfolio. But in terms of this particular
0: episode, we focus on those that want to build passive income. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that's something I've done in the past, and I'll probably talk about that a bit, a bit, a bit later. Um, I said actually, you no, know, in the past, I'm currently doing okay. Um, and the next thing after that is, so now, now you've, you know, you defined your time frame, your objective, how much risk you're going to take, et cetera. Um, you do have to think about some extra things if you want. So, uh, Peter, some people think about things like, uh, you know, other specific companies that you were never investing, mm. right? Um, that kind of stuff. So, you know, are you someone who is very uh, into ethical investing? Mm. Um, you you want to avoid certain companies. Let's say, I'll give an example, Peter, in one of the most popular type of assets to invest in for income, especially in the UK, is companies that produce uh, things like tobacco. Mm. Right. But you may have a uh, you know, a preference to not want to invest in that, for example. So then the job becomes a bit more interesting and, and maybe difficult for you to find a replacement to find uh, a you know, a high-yield uh, company that's not tobacco. Mm. So that's the next stage, um, and following that, you don't have to think about how are you going to fund the portfolio, right? Are you funding the portfolio because you've just received a large inheritance? That would be nice, um, or are you funding your portfolio through, let's say, your salary? Okay, so have you created a a budget within your salary or your income and you've allocated some of it to build this portfolio? That's something you have to think about as well. The reason why that's important is because one is a bulk investment um, and you have to think about how you're going to deploy that bulk investment and over what period. The other is more of a long-term thing, right? So you just know that every single month you're going to take up a portion of your income and invest in this uh, multi-asset income portfolio, right? So that's the next stage. And then you have to ask yourself, going back to the objective, how specific do you want these objectives to be, okay? As building a multi-asset income portfolio, you can ask yourself, am I going to get that income or is my target for the income percentage-based or is it nominal-based? What do I mean? What I mean is, do you have a specific number for which you want the income to be so you may say, hey, I want to build a portfolio where I make £500 every single month from this portfolio, for example. Or are you saying, I just want to build an income portfolio which hasn't got a specific number attached to it, but I want the portfolio to have a specific yield or percentage attached to how much I'm investing so Mm -hmm. do I want a five percent yield or a ten percent yield and I want to keep that as my you know my preference does that make sense yeah okay so that's the next stage and then once you've defined all these things right so notice that this is all before you actually start investing Mm. (laughs) and sometimes (laughs) it's not
1: easy as just going bang no No. there's a lot of planning (laughs) and thinking involved man
0: Absolutely. And sometimes this is where uh, retail investors make the mistake where mm. you know they just start buying things left, right, and center without actually having a plan or a strategy or mm. goal in mind. It's very important to do so. So once you've done that then, Peter, the next stage is to think about um, how you're going to create your asset allocation, right? And I've, I'll say again, asset allocation. And asset allocation is all about asking yourself, What percentage of the portfolio do I want to invest in equities? What percentage of the portfolio do I want to invest in bonds? And do I want to place a percentage in other asset classes, such as real estate or alternatives? That That is something that you then have to do. Um, and that has to match your objectives and risk. So if you've got a low risk portfolio and you want to earn income, you may want to focus much more on bonds or credit type of assets. Whereas if you've got a longer time frame um, and, you know, you're not going after extremely high yield, but you want a bit of growth as well, then you focus more on equities, for example. So yeah, asset uh, allocation is very important.
1: Just, just on that, Jets, I guess... Um, so if someone was, you said, um, if you've got a low, I guess, risk as well, you might want to focus on bonds. What makes bonds so special over yeah. equities when it comes to risk profile?
0: Very good. So bonds, um, essentially is an IOU where you borrow money to either, um, you can borrow to a corporation. So they're, they're known as corporate bonds, or you can borrow to the government, for example, that those are known as government bonds in the UK, sometimes called gilts. Um, and in America, they call it treasury bills or, or T bills, for example. And the reason why they are popular, um, and the reason why they are lower risk than equities, is as as an IOU, you have a fixed amount of money that you expect to get every maybe every quarter or maybe every six months or every every year, right? It's it's a contract, it's contractual, right? They have to they have to honor that contract, okay? Whereas when we talk about dividends, which is the way to receive an income from equities. Those are not contractual, okay. Those are at the uh, discretion of the business, right? So the business can decide to declare and to pay out dividends, and they can decide to cut it at any moment, right? They can decide to uh, reduce it or even get rid of it altogether, right? So there is that risk um, as to why uh, you know equities are more risky than bonds. And the second thing is also um, where they stand in a in a place where, let's say, the company is going bankrupt. If the company declares bankruptcy or insolvency um, it has to pay its creditors first Mm. so it has to pay the bondholders first before Mm. you know they pay anything that's left after they've paid their bondholders to the shareholders so when you buy shares in a company you take more risk albeit though you can make more returns if the business does well because your return is directly linked to the profitability of that business is different from bonds where it's just a contract, I borrow you money and you pay me back over a period of time. Mm. Yeah. Love
1: that. Love that. No, that makes perfect sense. And um, cool. so you're thinking about your asset allocation. Um, depending on some of these things you've spoken about, and you know, you, you you're thinking, okay, you might want to put something in equities, um, and there's some stuff in, in in bonds. What else was does one need to be considering?
0: Yeah. And there's other asset classes as well. Uh, there's asset classes like real estate. Um, so you can think about adding REITs, real estate investment trusts mm. into that portfolio as well, into that mix. Um, those can sometimes also be seen as equities, because they have similar characteristics. Mm. Uh, the difference is, you are buy- yes, you are buying a company, but that company operates a whole wide range of diversified real estate, mm. um, income producing real estate. So that's, that's also important to understand. So asset allocation is very important if you want to know how to do it. Um, and this is some stuff that I tend to cover in private sessions but you know this is great for the World finance podcast mm-hmm. if you want to know how to you know choose an asset allocation that actually matches your risk you could always look for something called a target retirement fund right set the date um of the target retirement fund uh, similar to what your time frame is right so some target retirement funds might say 2040 or 2050 and then drill into that target retirement fund that may be operated by someone else that like vanguard and then see how they have structured their asset allocation right it could be that if you're in, uh, if you're going to retire in 2045, they may have like an 80 20 split 80 percent equities 20 percent bonds and then you can replicate that because you know it suits your objective for example so just a bit of a golden nugget there asset allocation is very important Many studies have have shown that it's probably the number one defining factor as to how well you do when it comes to investing. Deep. Oh, okay, so we've done an asset allocation. We've decided, let's say, we're going to do I don't know seventy percent equities, uh, twenty percent in bonds, and then ten percent in alternative assets. Um, the next thing is, well, you've got to start choosing the stocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Now I must say, Peter, uh, most people, and I've again I've seen this professionally. Most people can achieve, you know, their preferred asset allocation and the preferred portfolio by investing in collective assets. So what I mean by that is mutual funds, index funds, et cetera. They don't necessarily have to pick individual companies. So I'll give an example, Peter. If you've decided you want to do a 80-20% split, right, 80% equities and 20% bonds, that 80% equities can be, you know, done by just investing in one fund. Mm. You can't invest in one, you know, let's say index fund all equity index fund that focuses on dividends, mm. right? Uh, here in the UK, for example, this is just purely for example, not a recommendation. You can say, I want to invest in US equities and that's going to be my preference, so I'm going to buy uh, a U.S. equities dividends or high yield dividend portfolio, for example, VHYL, take a of mm. VHYL. And that captures a whole range of different companies, but it also pays a dividend, right? So that it is an income-producing ETF, exchange-traded fund, right? And that can be enough to capture your 80%. Mm. If you want to diversify further, you might look to different regions, So you might say, hey, I want to invest in the UK, for example, as well. I want Mm -hmm. to invest in UK dividend-paying stocks. So then you might pick up on, uh, I don't know, like iShares, uh, FTSE dividend fund, for example, right? ETF, uh, ticket symbol I-UKD. Again, that's not a recommendation, but it's an example. And already by buying these two, for example, you've now captured two regions, um, UK and the US, and they both pay dividends. And there's a whole bunch of different individual stocks within those ETFs, mm. right? And then you can also buy uh, the rest of the 20% in another type of bond that pays interest. So you can like, you can actually achieve a multi-asset income portfolio, right? A diversified one by investing in three or four ETFs.
1: And, and I think that's quite important because I think sometimes people might think, oh, they've only got five holdings in something
0: and they're not yeah. diversified enough but it depends on what those holdings are oh absolutely it's very important if those holdings are ETFs the chances are you are much more diversified than somebody who's got 50 different stocks yeah for exactly. <laughs> yeah. so that's really really important to understand so yeah I just wanted to you know make sure that's clear that you can within the stock selection stage actually buy ETFs That can um, actually, you know, uh, help you achieve your goals without you actually having to buy those individual uh, stocks, for example. Okay, if you are going to go through the individual stock route, then I think it's also important to ask yourself and set yourself some boundaries and some parameters and ask yourself how many stocks do you want in your portfolio and how are you going to pick them? Um, are you going to pick them uh, yourself are you going to are you skilled enough to do so as well that's really important um are you going to analyze them are you going to follow the businesses etc um are you going to pick from different regions um even if it's the same region are you going to pick from different sectors all these things are very very important to understand before you actually invest that's really important Hmm. Uh, is that making sense so far
1: no making perfect sense right Hopefully brilliant. the listeners taking notes or rewinding and Googling any bits of terminology you may not understand, but yeah, definitely making, making
0: sense. Brilliant. Brilliant. So as you can see this, this whole strategy is fun. It's fun. If, if you're someone who's very much interested in investing for income, there's a lot of learning involved, right? If you're someone who's just starting off, you can focus on just ETFs. You can learn more about them. You can learn about single stocks. You can also mix and match. Right, So I'm a huge fan of, for example, of what we call a core satellite approach where you may focus more on ETFs, but you may still have a, a bunch of individual companies that you like. Mm. You can have fun with it as well, because guess what? When we talk about equities, um, a lot of companies pay dividends and they also pay those dividends on a specific schedule. So US equities, for example, pay every quarter. Um, and UK uh, companies are very known to pay and European as, as well actually are known to pay every uh, six months. So mm-hmm. semi-annually. So you can create a portfolio. You can pick some stocks that pay at different timeframes so much so that you may receive a dividend every month, for example, right? And that could be something that you prioritize that allows you to use uh, a multi-asset income portfolio to supplement your lifestyle on a monthly basis. Mm. Okay. So that's also extremely important as well. But yeah, I think I think that's what what all I can share so far. I think it's really important that people who are interested in building what you know they've probably heard as a passive income portfolio, this is how you do it. This is the raw kind of journey as to how you do it. And there's still much more to learn. But it is something that is exciting. And if you are also building a multi-asset income portfolio as well, it's important to understand where you're going to build it. Here in the UK, we I would say it's probably best to do it through a stocks and shares ISA mm. because of the tax implications of income. Mm. You know, dividends are supposed to be taxed. Interests are supposed to be taxed, for example. So you want to do it in a tax efficient account as well.
1: Mm. Love it, love it, love it, and I like how at the beginning of the episode you set there the bars in terms of it's an opportunity to become, you know, um, your own, be your own. Uh, what do you call it? Fund managers yes. as well as well, which is quite ex- exciting as well. And some of these things are lots of guidance about how one can go about um doing that um as well, particularly if you're looking for passive income over the the medium term I remember medium term we're talking much more than a few months and a couple of years sort of in the 8 to 15 years um also for our listeners you might have heard one or two bits of terminology that you might not be aware of or you might just need a reminder of things like ETFs um index funds etc we highly recommend you to check out um our episode 48 which was called stock picking versus index fund which one um so that's episode 48 but also um we talk about um funds in general on episode 32 and 33 by the haystack not the needle the case of funds so definitely um check that out if you want a bit of a
0: recap or a reminder as well yeah absolutely absolutely um so yeah I, I think it's it's important to understand that look investing can be used for a whole variety of different types of objectives Um, so it's important that you understand what you're trying to achieve with your investments Um, now generally I think most people should probably prioritize investing for the very long term Mm -hmm. and investing you know in growth type of assets predominantly in their pensions I don't know if you agree Peter I think that's that's something that people when you say
1: most people is this determined by other things like whether it's where they are in life age yes yes yeah
0: yeah. So when I say most people, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the typical world finance uh, listener, which yeah. ranges usually between the ages of 20 to like uh, 35, 40. Yeah. And um, we probably want to focus a bit more on, 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 on growth and make sure that's covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way i do this so i do have a multi-asset uh, income type of portfolio but it's not my only portfolio yeah. um you know i make sure that enough money is going into my very long-term portfolio which is through my pensions where i invest in index funds i'm also multi-asset index funds but that is a priority and then i have this portfolio on the side which I manage myself but it's not my biggest portfolio And that's really important for people to understand um but yeah as an investor you can do whatever you want really but I think it's important to understand why you're doing it
1: mm. love it love it love it no thanks for that man um listen we're gonna get again to that point where we're gonna give a shout out to listeners and um, wherever they are in the world and where we're getting new listeners from as well and this area where we've not given a shout out for but we've just got some recent new listeners is an area in trek. Republic
0: called Kvasaki. Oh I'm not, I'm not so I've been to Cher Republic I actually went this year yeah I did.
1: Nice
0: yeah 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 yeah. I, completely I
1: forgot that. that
0: but yeah yeah. I was in Prague. Um, oh yes of course. Yeah so welcome to the World Finance Podcast. Uh, you're here with myself Jax and the co-host Peter. On this podcast we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. If you want to know more about World Finance uh, because we are more than just a podcast you can head over to www wokefinance.co.uk again that's www.wokefinance.co.uk and if you want to engage with us on socials we are mainly on instagram you can go to us at at woke finance team again that's at woke finance team but i hope you are enjoying and gaining tons of value from this episode love it love it love
1: it man massive shout out to our listeners over there in Trek republic and all over the world man we appreciate you and we see you man do make sure you share this with a friend as well but no jacks man really exciting um episode as well and back to what we you know i guess what we're quite passionate about when it comes to investing as well but any final words you want to leave our listeners with before i let you go
0: yeah i think like i said you know uh, there are many different ways to build a portfolio um you know and there's many reasons to build a portfolio. I think it's important to try and keep investing as simple as possible, mm. um, especially when you're first starting off. Um, and also remember that everything that we've spoken about, whatever ticker symbols we've mentioned. Um, and I think I own some of those stocks so for complete uh, disclosure. Um, it's important that you do your own research mm. um, and make sure you make decisions that um, match your objectives, timeframes and risk appetite. But investing is something that I think uh, generally is non-negotiable for me anyway. Um, But you don't have to build an income portfolio. It's something that you can build in addition to a long-term growth type of portfolio, especially if you are younger, maybe between the ages of 18 and and, and 35, 40. Um, But yeah, I think that's kind of where I'll leave it. Um, I hope the listeners have enjoyed this episode. I've taken it from a very professional standpoint. Um, and really giving you the structure and, and and the you know the journey to take um, as as how I would take it when a client sits in, in front of me um, to set up what we call a strategic or tactical asset allocation so really important for people to understand
1: love that love that love that man listen listeners man you've got a lot of things that you've just heard there for free as well man. i tell you um so now hopefully it's been of value for you and you can share with others man keep the conversation going man um and jacks as always man always appreciate you always appreciate our conversations man until the next time i remember all stay woke